0: Welcome to Forbes Newsroom. Joining me now is Zach Everson, a staff writer here at Forbes. Zach, per usual, it's always a pleasure to have you.
1: (laughs) Always a pleasure to be on, Brittany. Thanks for having me.
0: And we have some big news all about Congress today. First, let's start with George Santos, the Republican from New York. He's been one of the biggest headline generators of the 118th Congress. You wrote about the timepiece he was wearing when he showed up to D.C. this week. Tell us about it.
1: Sure. Uh, George Santos, the uh, international man of mystery, who is currently a representative elect, was sporting what looks to be a $7,800 watch on his first day in Congress. And as I was working on an article on that, pictures on, on his second day, pictures started showing up showing the same watch, but with a different band. So as, uh, as some commentator pointed out, it's uh, you know interesting that all the things on George Santos's plate these days, he decided, uh, you know, I'm going to take a little time and switch out watch bands. Um, but it is a Cartier de Santos, or at least it looks like one. Um, you know, I reached out to Santos. I did not get a response trying to find out if uh, the watch was, in fact, authentic, unlike his backstory.
0: So the jury's still out if the watch is real or not. How much does a knockoff cost?
1: Uh, you can get a knockoff for about 150 bucks, about $140. Um, I'm not a big watch guy, but in the course of reporting this, I'm like, yeah, this does kind of look decent. And, you know, might go for the $140 dollar route
0: yeah I agree I couldn't really tell the difference I'm not a watch connoisseur myself but I couldn't really tell the difference in the photos but yeah, he the oh,
1: the, the tail that what, what makes me think it might or excuse me makes me think someone who knows a lot more about watches uh it told me that makes thinks it might be real is that he did change out watch bands a fake would probably not have that feature
0: interesting okay but in um the broader scope of his time in congress so far well not even yet because as we're sitting here he has not been sworn in despite the press release his office did send out but he's facing local state and federal investigations can you give us the backstory here
1: sure uh and not to correct you but you forgot international investigations too he's uh, he's on the hook in brazil as well so and in his defense though about the press release a lot of freshman congressmen had that same press release up there so it looks like it was something that was automatically set to go doesn't excuse it but um you know he he was joined in a lot of other people with that mistake so yeah um you know they're looking into his backstory where he got the money to campaign from uh what, what you know he could very well be the subject of a congressional ethics investigation if he ever gets uh, sworn in which um at this rate who knows if they'll ever settle on a speaker
0: what are some of the biggest lies he's told that are getting some attention?
1: Well, I mean, right now there's the question of his his name, um, his sexuality, uh, whether his mom, I mean, this is a minor one, but he said his mom was a finance executive and it sounds like she was a cook, um, you know, where where he lives. Uh, you know, there's just at this point, it's, it would be almost easier to rattle off the things that you can trust George Santos on than the uh, than the lies.
0: Yeah. And we can't even trust the watch per your report, <laughs> but um, nope. how, how did this all not come out until after the election?
1: Well, it did, it came out, but it was in a small local paper that didn't get much traction and it didn't get picked up until later that the New York times, uh, came up with a bunch of more things about it. And you know, there was, it was in Democrats opposition books on them, but there's a lot going on at election day, um, or running up to election. And it just, it just got missed. And, you know, that's that's unfortunate. This is the sort of information that voters deserve to have before they go into the ballot boxes and voting closes.
0: And what has been the response been since all of this news has come out?
1: Well, other Republicans seem to be keeping their distance. Uh, you know, if you look through the photos and video of him on the House floor during the votes on Speaker, um, he's often alone or he's kind of just lurking in the background, um, you know, kind of looking like someone who is eager to be included in a conversation, but is yet to be admitted to it. Um, you know, it's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens after the vote on speaker where his usefulness may have uh, expired.
0: Let's talk about the implications here. Will he be investigated? What's next for him in a career that he hasn't really started yet?
1: No, no, um, you know, at this point, I would be very curious to wonder if uh, he regrets having run in the first place. Um, you know, I was wondering if just go on the lam rather than show up for Congress the first day, but he's under investigation in Brazil, uh, where he apparently run away from charges that he used $700 in stolen checks to buy some clothing. Uh, there's questions about his campaign finance donations. Um, and and that's, you know, when you're looking at four investigations uh, by pretty much every authority out there, um, it seems likely that at least one of them would stick, but Again, this is Congress. Who knows?
0: Will he be forced to resign? Do you think
1: he could be? Um, that would be would really take a lot of effort for Congress to do that. Um, in that, they've only done it once in the last twenty or so years, and that was for somebody who I believe at that point had actually already been convicted of a federal crime. Usually, when a Congressperson uh, gets convicted, they will step down. Um, you know, do the do the polite thing. Um, but you know we'll see what this ha- what happens here.
0: And over the weekend on Twitter, every headline on the news, it was all George Santos. Now you know the tides have turned, and there's bigger fish to fry here with that House vote. So is the Speaker vote chaos working in his favor?
1: Possibly. But, you know, it is kind of the gift that keeps on giving with the watch sighting. And, you know, there are all sorts of people looking at stuff. We're continuing to look at Santos, so I'm sure more things will will pop up. But at this point, I mean, that just shows you how miserable this week has been for Kevin McCarthy when all of a sudden it's like, okay, he's the guy who's making George Santos not be the worst congressman of the week like that. That's just rough.
0: Yeah, good point. And I do want to keep talking about the speaker vote. Speaking of the speaker vote yesterday, a little known political name emerged and that was Byron Donald's. Can you explain his relevance in the speaker chaos?
1: Sure. Um, he started getting votes and a lot of people were like, who's Byron Donald's? And I recognize the name. He'd been at um, Trump properties, which I pay a lot of attention to. And I'd spotted him at Mar-a-Lago. A lot. It's not too surprising because he is a Florida congressman who's a Republican. Um, but yeah, he started getting votes. He became the... Uh, Flavor du jour, after uh, Jordan and a couple other guys had gotten votes, they started switching to Donald's.
0: And you reported that his campaign spent an exorbitant amount on legal fees. What did you find?
1: Yeah, they uh, they dropped over $300,000 of campaign money on legal fees, which is legal to do. Uh, candidates are allowed to spend political money on legal fees if the legal charges uh, relate to their duties in Congress, and both of these do. Uh, but three hundred thousand dollars is a a lot of money. So I reached out to his spokesperson, and they kind of confirmed what the documents, the court filing showed, and that most of the money is was for two cases. First of all, he was the subject of an FEC complaint that he accusing him of illegally moving money from a state pack. He had previously been a state rep to a federal pack, and. While the general counsel of the FEC thought there was reason to believe he violated the law, uh, the committee deadlocked in a 3-3 vote on partisan lines on whether to pursue an investigation, and it ended up getting dropped. But that did require some some legal maneuvering. There are several letters from from lawyers there. And then the other one is his uh, primary opponent in from 2020 sued him over defamation.
0: Can you elaborate on that?
1: Sure. Um, a text the morning of the election went out, purportedly from Byron Donalds, saying that Donalds was dropping out of the race. Donalds then took to Facebook Live, in a video you can still see, and accused his opponent, Casey Asker, of coming up with that, trying to make voters think that Donalds wasn't running anymore. So after Askar ended up losing to Donalds in the primary, and Donalds went on to obviously win the general, Askar sued for defamation Um, saying that was not true and asking for $30,000 in damages, uh, judge tossed the case. It took a couple of years for that to happen, but they issued a summary judgment in favor of Donald's basically saying asker didn't prove actual malice. His evidence was really weak. Um, but asker has appealed that ruling
0: and $300,000, um, in legal fees from a campaign is a lot of money. What's the average that the normal campaign spends on legal fees?
1: Well, according to an expert I spoke with, they said about $1,000 a month. And that's usually for compliance issues, making sure the documents are filed correctly. So 300,000 is is really high. I mean, we've we've seen congressmen who've been convicted of felonies and spent less money on their defense than what uh Ira Donald's has spent here. His campaign his campaign spokesman, told me they do have a legal expense trust in which they're raising money to then go ahead and reimburse the campaign for the $300,000. Um, and he said that was launched in May or June of this year.
0: Is a legal expense trust normal? Because you said earlier that this is a legal way to use your campaign funds. Yep. It's
1: another, uh, fun legal way that donors can get money to their favorite politicians in that they have to create a trust. It has to be, uh, administered by someone, somewhat independent of them. And they're allowed to collect, I think it's up to five or $10,000 per person for their defense. And you see a lot of Richard Burr um, did this. You, you see a lot of several other Congress people. Uh, Alex Mooney has one. Madison Cawthorn had one that not many people donated to. And uh, it, it's pretty standard. And it seems to be very hit or miss whether they get much traction.
0: Got it. Zach Everson, thank you so much.
1: My pleasure.